Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. The series is called How to Have a Merry Christmas. How to Have a Merry Christmas. But if we're really being honest, for some, Christmas isn't always so merry. If we're really being honest, for some, Christmas doesn't bring forth immediate joy or or immediate happiness. But we hear people say all the time, this is the season. This is the season for happiness. Or this is the season for joy. Some people say, tis the season to be jolly. Because what we do is we prepare for Christmas. We prepare pies, we, we prepare uh, cakes, we bake cakes and bake pies and bake turkey and, and, and fried turkey. I'm just getting hungry thinking about it, y'all. But we prepare for Christmas. We, 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 we got a whole lot of gifts to buy. We, we wrap a whole lot of gifts. We go to this place and go to that place. We go to this website and that website because this is the season. This is the season. We decorate our lawns and we decorate the front of the house and we throw up Christmas trees because this is the season. But what if I told you the first Christmas looked a little strange compared to the Christmas we see today? We, we sing a uh, silent night and oh holy night, but what if I told you the first Christmas looked strange? But, but, but don't get it twisted. We're still celebrating the same thing, right? Just like the first Christmas, we're still celebrating the gift of Christ, the birth of Christ. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. God, God gave his only begotten son. Jesus was a gift given. But can I let you in on a secret? Sometimes God's gifts don't always look like gifts. Sometimes God's gifts don't always look like gifts. The first Christmas, it looked, looked a little strange, and I'm sure you know the story. Mary and Joseph, they were engaged to be married. And back in that day, what that means is that they already had a signed agreement to be married. Only thing left was to plan the wedding, to book the caterers, to get the cake, to to get the, the venue ready. Only thing left was to have the wedding. And then all of a sudden, Mary ends up pregnant. All of a sudden, Mary ends up pregnant. And it says that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The old King James Version says the Holy Ghost. Now, fellas, I don't know about you, but if if your wife comes home, imagine she comes home and you have never did anything to cause her to be pregnant. And she shows up home one night and say, look, baby, I'm pregnant. Look at my baby bump. And to top it off, you said, how in the world did this happen? How did you end up pregnant? Who are you pregnant by? And her response is, I'm pregnant by a ghost. Now, now, I don't know about you, church, but, but, but whether it's the Holy Ghost or cast with a friendly ghost, it's going to be some trouble in here. Because I'm not fitting to go tell my, my friends that my wife is pregnant by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be the laughing stock. I'm not fitting to go tell your family and my family that you're pregnant by the Holy Ghost. So to avoid all that, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. I'm going to put her away quietly. Besides the fact that if a woman was found to be with child back then and she didn't, she hasn't been with her husband, she would be executed. She would be stoned to death. This doesn't feel like a Merry Christmas. This, this doesn't look like a Merry Christmas. The wedding date was postponed. 
And ladies, you tell me how you would feel if your wedding date got postponed. This, this doesn't look like a Merry Christmas. It doesn't feel like a Merry Christmas. And if you know the story of Jesus when he was born, he wasn't born in a hospital. He wasn't born in a, in a clinic. He was born in a barn with, with horse and, 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 and lamb and, and, and horse manure. It doesn't feel like a Merry Christmas. It doesn't look like a Merry Christmas. And to add insult to injury, before all of this happened, the angel says to Mary, you are blessed and highly favored. You are blessed and highly favored. You will bear a son. And if we fast forward to a few years after this same son was born, a hit was put out on his life. A hit was put out. King Herod, he heard that a king was born. He heard that this gift was given and he was threatened by it. He was afraid of it. So he says, you know what? Every boy in Bethlehem, two years old or younger, kill him. Wipe them out. So now Mary, Joseph, and Jesus has to pack up and go on the run because they're being hunted. This doesn't make me feel like I'm blessed and highly favored. This, this doesn't even look like a gift at all. It's bring forth stress, frustration, disruption. This doesn't make me feel like I'm blessed and highly favored. This doesn't feel like a Merry Christmas. It doesn't look like a Merry Christmas, but oftentimes God's gifts don't come wrapped in what we think it should be wrapped in. Oftentimes his gifts don't come wrapped in what we think it should be wrapped in. But what we do is we try to get rid of it. We put it away because of what it looks like. And there lies the problem. Because instead of focusing on the gift, we focus on the wrapping paper. Instead of focusing on the gift, we focus on the wrapping paper. But I'm telling you this morning, don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. Don't second guess the gift because of what it's wrapped in. And I'm still laying the foundation because all throughout Jesus' life, they didn't recognize who he was. They, they didn't know who he was. In fact, he himself said, I'm not ready to be revealed. He himself said, I'm not ready to be unwrapped. This gift is not ready to be unwrapped. He healed somebody in this town and he says, you know what? You keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. He healed somebody over here. He said, you know what? Keep this on a hush-hush. Don't tell anybody. Even when he turned water into wine at that crazy three-day wedding, for the life of me, church, I do not understand how somebody can be at a wedding for three days. But, but even when he turned water into wine at that crazy three-day wedding, he tells his own mother, woman, now I wish I would have dared talk to my grandmother that way, but I used to talk back. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But, but he, he, he said, woman, my time has not come. Because he was not ready to be revealed. He was not ready to be unwrapped yet. But there came a time when Jesus said, you know what? Now is the time. Now is the time for me to be unwrapped. And after he reads this text, he says, in this day, the scripture is fulfilled. Here's what he says. It's in, in Luke. And I'm trying to give you a compact version of, uh, of, of last week so we, we can really try to tie it in at the end in this one. Luke 4, 18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. In other words, you may not recognize who I was. You didn't understand who I was. I looked a little strange to you. You didn't realize that I was a gift from God. 
And in fact, you probably think I'm just a crazy carpenter. You, you probably think I'm just a crazy miracle worker. But in this day, this scripture is fulfilled. When I'm unwrapped, I'll heal the sick. When I'm unwrapped, I'll give sight to the blind. When I'm unwrapped, I'll raise the dead. I'll heal the leper. I'll cast out demons. Don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. You may not recognize it at one point, but at another point when it's unwrapped, Jesus changed the world. He changed the world. Don't knock the gift because of the beginning. Because in the end, you know what, let's go to the end for a second. Let's go to the end. We, we got time. We got time, I think. I don't see time on the screen, but we, we, we got time. In the end, when Jesus was executed, first, let's press rewind. Why is Christmas here in the first place? What was the whole point of Christmas? Why was this gift given? So we can be saved, right? So we can have eternal life. So we can have life more abundantly. So we can have a relationship with Christ. And in order for with God, and in order for this to happen, he had to be executed. He was placed on the cross. But when he was, once he was brought down from the cross, he was carried and placed in the tomb. And they anointed and, and, and washed his body with oil and spices and wrapped him in linen. See, back then the burial procedures was to anoint a body or, 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 or wash a body with spices and oil and wrap them in linen. I'll say it again. When death came, when somebody died, they were wrapped in linen. So this here is a picture of Jesus being wrapped in death. This is a picture of Jesus being wrapped in sin. The Bible says, for, for, for he that knew no sin became sin for us. That, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, which Jesus is, is eternal life through Christ. So if we're loading that all up together. What it's saying is that Jesus was wrapped in death. He was wrapped in sin. He was wrapped in problems, wrapped in mistakes. He was wrapped in your sin. He was wrapped in my sin. But early Sunday morning, when he was unwrapped, out came the gift of life. When he was unwrapped, out came eternal life. When he was unwrapped, out came blessings. Out came a, a relationship with God. Don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. He was wrapped in death, wrapped in sin, wrapped in problems. Wrapped in your sin, my sin, but when he was unwrapped, out came life. And you know what I wonder? I wonder if this Christmas, if this happened when Jesus was unwrapped, if this happened and we're his children, we're children of God, I wonder what would happen if this Christmas you would be unwrapped. I wonder what would happen how many people could be led to the gift if you would just unwrap your gift? My title today is Unwrap Me. Unwrap Me. And we're going to 1 Peter 4.10. Unwrap Me. As each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, everybody say everything, that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you, God, first I just ask that you uh, uh, just continue to, 
Move in this atmosphere, God. Continue to use me. Allow my mouth to be your mouth, my words to be your words, my spirit to be your spirit. Decrease me, God, so the people of God may see you. God, I ask that you open our ears, open our minds, and open our hearts to receive your word. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It says, as each has received a gift, right? Right off the break, I'm jumping right in. God has given me a gift. That's my first point. God has given me a gift. You know what? Make it personal. Say, God, told you I like to talk. I hope y'all talk back. Say, God has given me a gift. As each has received. Everybody say each. Say it again. Say each. One more time. Say each. And what I found, church, is when I dug into this word each, what I found is that it, what it translates to, y'all ready for it? It means each. It means each. Each of us has been given a gift. You may not recognize it. You may not realize what the gift is yet, but each of us has been given a gift. You have a gift. Each has been given a gift. That means, that means the person in front of you has a gift. That means the person behind you has a gift. The person to the right and to the left of you has a gift. Each has received a gift. So nobody can claim the lack thereof. But where the problem lies is that when we begin to compare our gifts, we begin to say, oh, I can't do what she did over there. She's stunning. Look at her. She on fleek over there. I can't do what she did. Oh, I can't do what he did right there. It's, that's impossible. Oh, that brother right there, he is gifted. I can't do what they did. And what we do is we begin to second guess our gifts. We begin to second guess the gift that God has given us. Now, don't get it twisted and think we can't be gifted in the same lane, in the same area. We both can be gifted with the gift of song. We both can be gifted with the gift of dance. But this word each here is so powerful because even though we're both gifted with the gift of song, even though we're both gifted with the gift of uh, dance, each means my gift has its own imprint. Each means my gift has its own DNA. Nobody can sing the way you sing. Nobody can dance the way you dance. Nobody can play the instrument the way you play the instrument. So stop comparing your gift and unwrap it. Use it. Stop comparing it because what I found is that comparing the gift leads to neglecting the gift. Comparing the gift leads to neglecting the gift. And you know who showed me this? My son Carter and my daughter Carly. For those that don't know, this past Friday was my, my daughter's birthday, and she turned three. And I know you're probably thinking, like, oh, they're so cute at that age. But Carly, if you know her, she's three going on 18. And she's at that stage where she's like, I do it myself. I do it myself. It doesn't matter if you try to help her. She's like, I do it myself. She, she's like a little boss baby. She runs the house, literally. You let anybody else tell it, she don't run the house. She just runs me. But, but, but you can imagine, because it's her birthday, we gave her a gift, right? We gave her gifts. And her oldest brother, Carter, he jumps up, and he tries to help her open the gift. And she says, I do it myself. I do it myself. So Carter, he sits back, and he watches her open her gift. He watches her unwrap her gift. And here's what he says, this is not fair. This is not fair. And we said, why, buddy? Well, why are you saying it's not fair? You, you receive gifts for your birthday. He says, because Carly has teapots and new shoes. And we said, Carly, you, you, you got shoes on. You said they're your favorite. You got those during your birthday. And all of a sudden, he says, I don't like them anymore. 
Uh, did, did, did you catch it, church? Because he sat there and watched Carly open her gift, he began to, to, to pay attention to her gift and compare his gift with her gift. Because of comparing, now all of a sudden, he doesn't appreciate his gift. Now all of a sudden, he doesn't want to deal with his gifts. He wants to put it away. He wants to get rid of it. In other words, stop neglecting the gift God gave you. Stop comparing the gift God gave you. Stop trying to be your brother. Stop trying to be your sister. Stop trying to be your mother. Stop trying to be your neighbor and be who God called you to be. Be what God's called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. Open your gift. Unwrap your gift. If God has given us a gift, my question to you is, when are you going to unwrap it? When are you going to unwrap it? Let's keep going. Here's what it says. 1 Peter 4.10. Let's read it again. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Uh, or, or another version says, use it to minister to one another. Because you never know whether the person sitting next to you, Christmas, isn't so married. You, you never know if the person sitting next to you, they may have lost somebody this year. This may be the first Christmas that they're spending without that person. You never know what they're going to or what they're dealing with. But when you unwrap your gift, you can lead them to the gift. If you would just unwrap your gift, you can lead them to Christ. How do I have a Merry Christmas? As I use my gift, I unwrap my gift. How do you have a Merry Christmas? You unwrap your gift. You use your gift for the person sitting next to you. As each has received a gift. Use it to minister to one another. Let's keep going. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Okay, Tyra, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I hear what you just read, but... What is this very grace thing? Like, what, what does it mean to be a good steward? Like, really, what is it? It says to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace or, or the manifold grace of God, which means that it's multicolored. It's multicolored. There are different types of gifts here. Somebody may be gifted in the gift of dance. Somebody may be gifted in the gift of song. Somebody may be gifted uh, with, with playing an instrument. And let me just let you know this from the beginning. I am not gifted in the gift of song. I am not gifted in the gift of song. The only time I sound good singing is in the shower. Or, or, or when I'm in the car getting my worship on on my way to work or on my, home, on my way home from work. I am not gifted with the gift of song. But, but somebody else may be gifted in, in talking. We may be in the, the same lane, but my imprint is different. Each gift is not exactly the same. And what he's saying is that it doesn't matter if your gift is ordinary or extraordinary. Unwrap it. Use it. Be good stewards of the gift that God has given you. Because the gift is yours, but it's not yours. The, the gift is yours, but it's what, not yours. Well, what are you saying, Tyrell? Here's what a steward means. It still means someone who takes care of or looks after the property of another. Someone who takes care of or looks after the property of another. Here's my second point. My gift is given to me, but it's not all about me. 
My gift is given to me, but it's not all about me. Notice the tense that the writer is writing. He says, each has received, which means it's already there. It was already given to you. See, if you've given your life to Christ, if you submit it, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And you better believe he does not come empty-handed. He's not like that family member or friend that always shows up to the functions without a dish or a gift. Yeah, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, that family member or friend that always shows up empty-handed. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you are probably that family member or friend. They always show up well, empty-handed. But, but the Holy Spirit, he never shows up empty-handed. He comes bearing gifts. But, but just because it's in your possession doesn't mean it belongs to you. Because a steward, a good steward, takes care of, they care for the property of another. Here, put it this way. Carlos, can I see your phone? Let me see your phone. Can we celebrate Carlos, one of the youth in Captivate? Amen. Let me see your phone. You don't have to lock it. I'm not going to go through it. <laughs> but church, I, I, I've done this illustration a time or two before, but I really want you to see what it means to steward well your gifts. It's not this phone in my hand. Am I right? It's in my hand, right? I'm holding it. It's in my possession. I got it. I grabbed it. But it's not mine. It's his. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. It's not in my possession. It's his possession. But, but he gave it to me intending for me to not misuse it. He gave it to me intending for me to use it. With a phone, you, you can send, send emails, text messages, scroll through social media, make phone calls. The gift in my hand it's supposed to be used the way it was intended to be used. He didn't give it to me thinking that I was going to try to use it as a hammer and start banging it against the ground. He didn't say that I was going to be like Lamar Jackson, go Ravens. I was going to be like Lamar Jackson and say, hey, Jess, you ready? You ready? Here, try to catch. I wonder how many of y'all thought I was really going to throw it. How many of y'all really think I was going to throw it? I know his heart probably skipped the beat. <laughs> but see, this is what happened when God gives us a gift. This is what happens. We misuse it. We don't use it the way it was intended to be used, or we keep it wrapped up. Even though it's in my position, my possession, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. And the owner wants you to use your gift to minister to your mother. He wants you to use your gifts to minister to your sister, minister to your father, minister to the guy on the street corner, because their Christmas may not be so merry. Their Christmas may not be going so great. But if you would just unwrap your gift, you can lead them to the gift. But we misuse the gifts that God has given us. We won't unwrap it. We won't use it. We put it in our pockets and we hide it instead of unwrapping the gift. Here you can have your phone back, Carlos. I know you probably think I was going to leave with it. <laughs> can we celebrate him? Amen. Let's celebrate him again. If I unwrap my gift, I can lead them to the gift. And I promise you it's all going to make sense. If I unwrap my gift, I can lead them to the gift. 1 Peter 4.11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So what you're telling me, God, is this. If I unwrap my gift, somebody that may not be Having a Somari Christmas, I can lead them to the gift. 
If I unwrap my gift, somebody that might not be experiencing joy, I can lead them to the one who gives joy, the one who gives hope. So if your gift is talking, do it as if you're speaking the oracles of God. Another version says, speak as if God himself is saying it. And real quick, by show of hands, how many of us had a conversation out in the lobby with somebody? How many of us had a conversation uh, on the phone this morning or in the phone or, or right in here before service started? He said, if you speak, speak as if you're speaking the oracles of God. This is privately or publicly. He takes something as common as talking, which all of us do, and said it is a gift. And never once did I think God would use my talking. But because I could talk up a storm. I mean, when I was in school, I, I was dubbed the class clown. I would talk during tests. I would talk during exams. I even had enough heart to talk back to my grandmother, even though that wasn't a good idea because I ended up on the floor. But, but I, I had a way with words. I, I was good at talking. And never once did I think God would use my talking. Because people used to say, Tyrell, will you shut up? Will you keep quiet? Will you pipe down? You talk too much. But God takes something that was a problem at one point in my life and uses it as a gift at another point in my life. He takes something that there was a problem at one point in my life and uses it to minister to somebody else. Uses it to minister to the person next to me. Uses it to minister to my family. Uses it to minister to my friends. In other words, what I said all that to say, stop, stop tripping if somebody says you talk too much. Stop tripping if somebody says you sing too much. Because that can be the gift God is going to use. That could be what God is going to use to minister to somebody else. Your gift could lead them to the gift. Stop tripping if they say you talk too much. If they say you do this too much or do that too much, that could be the, the very thing God uses. The very thing God uses. When you think about Paul, he was tenacious. Tenacious. He had no cut cards. He could care less what people think. And that was the very thing God used. So what? If they say you sing too much or talk too much. Unwrap your gift. Stop neglecting it. Use what God has given you. Use what God has given you. Let's keep going. Verse 11 again. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Pause. Here's my, 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 my second point. If he provided... The gift, he will supply the strength for the gift. If he provided the gift, he will supply the strength for the gift. This is the third point. Now, this one right here, y'all, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is a hard one. Because we may understand that God has given us a gift. We, we, we may understand that our gift is not our own, that it was given to us to flow through us, given to us to come from us, to minister to somebody else. We may un understand all that. But many times the reason why we get stuck is because we begin to wonder, do I have what it takes? We begin to wonder, do I have the strength to maintain the gift God has given me? And we fear that we can't handle the gift, so we, we shrink back. 
Not too long ago, uh, one of my friends, he, he's been in ministry for a long time, y'all. And we've been on the phone. He's kind of like a mentor. But um, he said to me, he said, man, I'm tired. Man, I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I've been going here. I've been going there. And I got the support, but I don't, I don't think I have the support I really need. I'm tired. Can I be real with you, bro? I, I'm weak. And you know what I said to him? That's exactly what God wants. Because all I heard was I, 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 I. That's all I heard. That's exactly what God wants. He wants you weak because, because God can't step in if you try to do it yourself. He can't step in if you try to handle it yourself. That's exactly where he wants you. Now God can go to work. See, you've been trying to handle it yourself. You've been trying to do it yourself. But if God started it, he'll finish it. If he conceived it, he'll finish it. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And he promised us that if he has started a work in you, he shall finish it. He'll see it to completion. He will see it to completion. He will see it to completion. If he started a work, he shall finish it. Look at what it says. Look at what he says. As each has received a gift, the gift was given, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So it was given from God's manifold grace. It was given by God. Whoever speaks as one who speaks, whoever, whoever serves as one who serves, by the strength that God supplies. Pause again. Who was the gift given to? You. Who was the gift given to? Me. Who gave it? God. Who supplies the strength? God. Who was the gift given to? You. Who was the gift given to? Me. Who gave it? God. Who supplies the strength to operate in it? God. Because if God starts it, he'll finish it. If he begins it, he'll end it. If he, if he conceived it, he'll finish it. In other words, he that has begun a good work in you shall. It's not an if. It's not a maybe. It's not a maybe. It's not a might be. It's not a might be. If he has begun a good work in you, he shall finish the job. He shall finish the purpose. He shall finish the calling. He shall finish the dream. He shall finish the hopes. If he has begun a good work in you, he shall finish it. It's not an if or maybe or might. It's an I shall. I shall. It's not a question. I will finish it. And if you're really locked into the text, you understand that all you have to do is unwrap the gift. All you have to do is use it. Because if God gave it and he supplies the strength, only thing left to do is for me to really use it. Only thing left to do for me to unwrap it, and maybe the person next to you is waiting on you. Maybe the person at your job is waiting on you. Maybe they're waiting for you to unwrap your gift so you can lead them to the gift. Maybe they're waiting for you to minister to them so you can lead them to the gift. But see, the problem lies when we are saved, when we give our life to Christ, when we submit to Christ, we begin to look down on other people. We begin to turn our nose up at other people. We think we're better than them. We think that, that if they're not a leader, they can't help me through something. But how I have a Merry Christmas is that I use my gift, I unwrap my gift and give it to somebody else. How, how somebody else has a Merry Christmas is you unwrap your gift and give it to somebody else. It's a cycle. It's a domino effect. Unwrap your gift. Don't look down. Don't second guess. 
Don't knock the gift because it's wrapped in, because of what it's wrapped in. Don't knock the gift because of who it is, because that person sitting next to you could be the very one that helps you through the toughest time in your life. That person sitting next to you could be the very one that helps you through the loss of a loved one. Don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. Because of what it's wrapped in. I can remember a few years back, we had a Christmas party at work. We had a Christmas party, and what we did is we decide to exchange gifts every year. And I can remember one of my coworkers, she comes in with this gift box, right? She comes in with this gift box, and she gives it to one of my supervisors. And this supervisor right here, she's cool, y'all. I mean, she looks out for everybody. But, but this must have been a joke or something. Because she gives her the gift, and once she opens this gift box, guess what's inside? Another gift box. Once she opens that gift box, guess what's inside? Another gift box. Once she opens that gift box, guess what's inside? Another gift box. And while I was studying this, this replayed in my mind. Because what God really wants us to do, it says, each has received a gift, use it to serve or use it to minister to one another. So if I unwrap my gift, I can lead somebody else to unwrap the gift of Christ. If I unwrap my gift, I can lead somebody else to unwrap the gift of life. This, this gift box, it was gift box after gift box after gift box. Once you open it, there was another gift. Once you open it, there was another gift. And if I can unwrap my gift, I can lead them to unwrap the gift of salvation, the gift of Christ. I can lead them to joy. I can lead them to hope. I can lead them to promise. But I first have to be willing to unwrap my gift. Each has received a gift. Use it to minister to one another. Don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. Don't look at the gift or look at the person and say, oh, they can't do anything for me. They can't do anything for me. The person who led me to Christ wasn't a pastor. It wasn't a leader. It wasn't a minister. It was somebody that served on an usher board. That served on, don't knock the gift because of what it's wrapped in. Because of what it looks like. And since we are celebrating the birth of Christ, I'm closing, y'all. I promise you I'm done. Since we are celebrating the gift of Christ, Christ was born in a barn. We said this earlier. He was born in the barn. This isn't somewhere something holy should be born. This isn't somewhere a king should be born. He was born in a barn with horse manure and horse and donkeys. Born in a barn. But because of what it looked like, people won't think he was a king. But if you're looking at it from God's perspective, he was exactly where he was supposed to be. Born in a barn. And the Bible says, behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God. Where are lambs born? In the barn. He was exactly where he was supposed to be. But we second guess it because of what it's wrapped in. Don't knock the gift because of the wrapping paper. Sometimes God's gifts don't come in what we think it should be wrapped in. Sometimes God's gifts are strangely wrapped. The very first Christmas looked a little strange. It didn't look like a gift. But once it was unwrapped, it brought forth life. The person next to you may not look like a gift, but they can lead you through the toughest season in your life. They can help you 
get to Christ. They can carry you to Christ. Don't knock the person next to you. Don't knock the gift that God has put in them and don't knock the gift God has put in you. Each has received a gift. Everybody say each a gift. Each has received 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 a gift. Each has, say it again, say each has received a gift. I know God has gifted me. I know God has gifted you. I know God has gifted the person in front of you. I know God has gifted the person behind you because he is not a man that he should lie. And if he said each has received, you already have the gift. You've been given the gift. You've been blessed with the gift. But the question is, when are you going to unwrap it? When are you going to use it? Each has received. You've already been given it. Now unwrap it. Use it to minister to somebody else. And during this Christmas season, we celebrate his story. We're not celebrating something in history. We're celebrating his story. And his story saved us. I wonder if your story can lead to his story. I wonder if your story can lead to the gift. We have a gift, but he is the gift. And it says, so that in everything, everybody say everything. Everything, God may be glorified. Here's another scripture. Let your light shine so that they, who's they? Everybody's looking at the light. Let your light shine so that they may see your good works and that they glorify your Father in heaven. My gift was given to me, but it's not all about me. How do I have a Merry Christmas? I realize that it's not all about me. It's about him. It's about him. Let's pray.